Once again, to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast, I am Chris Levine, and I am really happy that you're here and that you tuned in to this episode. This is a part two of two on low self-esteem. This time, we're going to talk about what is called cyclothymia, or in layman's terms, mood swings. Why do they happen? How do they happen? How do they tie into low self-esteem? Well, let me ask you this to start. Have you ever gotten the wind knocked out of you physically? If you have, you know what a sudden drop in a mood feels like. It's the same thing. It says at one moment you're fine. The next moment you can't breathe very well. Uh, When you have a mood swing, it's like one moment you're fine, but the next moment you're sad. Sometimes you totally know why. Sometimes you have absolutely no idea why. The rough part is that this easily may confuse everyone around you. It might even annoy them because they don't understand it. So you become kind of a reluctant time bomb. Some who have these mood swings get used to it and the mood swings become normal. Others just fight it all the time and as a result are never really comfortable. They don't want the headache or the reputation, but still the mood swings never fully go away. None of this is any fun. (laughs) Can you relate on some level or or, or other? Well, I can. Um, Let me walk you through a scenario. It's an example of what happens inside many of us, but for the sake of authenticity and sincerity, again, I'll make it a personal example or two, just to show you that I, I, I understand. Let's say I'm having a nice morning. I walk outside and I happen to see an elderly man who's walking. He's walking down the street. That man, for whatever reason that I don't understand, makes me think of my father who died last year. And by the time I come back into the house, I'm now sad. And my family has absolutely no idea why. I was out there for like five seconds So I was one person on one side of the door. I left five seconds later, I popped my head back in the door and I'm a completely different person. I don't like feeling miserable. No one should feel that way. So I power through it and and just kind of go about my business and my son sits next to me. And then I start wondering if I myself am a good father and I at that moment decide that I'm not. And then this goes even deeper. Now everyone is completely confused because they see me down for what looks like absolutely no reason, and subsequently, I'm now bringing everyone else down. I don't want to do any of this stuff. So then I'll take refuge in being silly, but that never rectifies the situation, and everyone still knows that I'm not right. That's one example. How about this one? I'm having a conversation with friends. This happened years ago. And everyone, including me, are having a great time. 
someone in passing mentions a city and a state somewhere, just kind of an off the wall comment. And immediately my mind goes to a girl who I really liked and who really liked me years ago, who I emotionally hurt a long time ago, who was from that city and that state that was mentioned. I hadn't thought of this person for decades, and it all comes flooding back. My smile goes away. I start zoning out. I start trying to rebuild history by mentally going back in time and trying to, in vain, fix my youthfully stupid and insensitive behavior toward this other person. While I'm present and still there with my friends, I'm really not. Mentally, I'm in my 20s again, trying to put back the pieces of a soul that I might have shattered, at least temporarily, in their lives. Now, it's not over. As a married person, I feel guilty for even thinking of the other person at all. And this all happens with the, the passing motion of just a mention of a city and a state. That's the only thing that triggered this. And none of the people in the room know about anything. They don't know why I'm drifting away. They don't know what happened. They just see something's wrong. So here's my question. Does everybody do this? Is everyone this deep in thought constantly? Are you? It, it seems as though a lot of people aren't. Now, on the next episode of this podcast, we're going to tackle that question directly. Essentially, are you a deep thinker? Now, I ask these questions because many will tell you if you are to just kind of get over something or calm down or stop torturing yourself. That's because they aren't you. They may get the same pain in their stomach sometimes based on reflection, but it's not based on your reflection unless it involves them. So is this fixable? Is it possible to minimize this? Well, let's read a little. The website Medical News Today gives us some thoughts here. One practical thought is that often lifestyle factors play a role in the onset of mood swings. For example, people may have sudden changes in their moods if they are, for example, experiencing a significant life change such as moving home or changing a job. They may have mood swings if they're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, not getting enough sleep, not eating healthily, taking medications that impact mood or sleep. It then characterizes, and this is kind of, kind of where we're headed with this whole thing, there are kinds of mood swings. Uh, there's bipolar disorder, there's major depressive disorder, cyclothymia, and borderline personality disorders. Now, I focus in on cyclothymia because it seems by definition to hit what we're talking about right on the head. The article defines it as when someone experiences emotional highs and lows, it's similar to bipolar disorder, but it's less severe and less frequent. Now, a big part of dealing with this 
and this is me talking now, not the article, is forcing ourselves to focus. Follow me down this road here for a minute. Have you ever seen the illustration when someone holds up a piece of paper, just a blank white piece of paper with, with a small black dot in the middle? You probably have. It's something that's been around for a while. They hold up this piece of paper and then will ask, what do you see in this picture? Well, the people will almost always see a black dot. That's what they're going to say nine times out of ten, maybe even ten times out of ten. But then the point is made that ultimately they could have answered two ways. They could zero in on that small black dot or they could focus on the rest of the page, which is completely clear and untouched. In truth, there is a ton more surrounding area than there is in that little black dot, which is only a tiny mark on the overall page. But we instinctively seem to be drawn to the one thing on the paper that's different, that makes the paper not normal. We do this in life too, don't we? I mean, we choose what we focus on. But what's hard is that things trigger us and we may not be able to control those triggers when that happens. Still though, even though we can't choose what we see all the time, we can totally choose what we focus on. Focus is a huge part of this. If we focus on the black dots in our lives, we're going to miss the rest of the paper. Let's put this into practical terms because sometimes we feel like, oh, I, I, this is just where I've been dealt. I don't have a choice. That's just the way my mind works. Not necessarily. Let's say you need to go to a post office to mail a package. It has to go out today. You're cutting it close to the time that that post office is going to close. You, you think you'll be all right, but then right around the corner, you get stuck behind a slow train. You're looking at your clock. You don't know if you're going to make it. Finally, it's clear. You hurry when you can. You missed it. The post office doors are locked. You don't see any staff in there. It's closed. Is this going to affect you? Yes. Will it make you sad or angry? Probably. Will you burn the post office down? No, because you are in control of not doing something. Even though you're mad, even though you're sad, you still wouldn't do something like that. That idea would never enter your brain and it sounds silly to you. But you are mad or sad, so why not? Because you know better. Not only would doing something like that, that course of action, not solve your problem, but you would be in much more trouble. So when life triggers are like the post office closing, if they make you sad or they madden us in things, we have the realistic opportunity to not overreact and to look at the rest of the paper and get the big picture in real perspective. Is this easy? No. But, but getting a grip is very possible. We just have to fight for it. What I found interesting in studying up on all this is that the, the kind of, of, of issue that we're talking about, the, the cyclothymia, is, is considered rare by medical experts. 
they are much more likely to just ID you as being bipolar or some other extreme one way or the other. <laughs> it's funny, when I hear the word bipolar, my weird brain always thinks of a big white bear in the Arctic that's moody because it's so cold outside. What was, okay. Is it bipolar or is it some other extreme or is it this factor that we're talking about? Well, well per Wikipedia, which, you know, it's got to be right if it's on Wikipedia. The current diagnostic criterion for cyclothymia also emphasizes that symptoms are persistent, which suggests that they are enduring traits rather than a psychological state. Thus, it has been argued that it should be diagnosed as a personality disorder. That was kind of wordy, and I read it. So let me just kind of put it in layman's terms. It's, it, it's a big problem. But is that fair? Are, are you a bipolar bear with an island heart living in a frigid world? I don't know. What I do know is that being alone with our thoughts is often a breeding ground for the journey from okay to not okay to launch. Uh, this can be a huge challenge in itself because you can't always have the perfect circumstances. But, but my thought is this, if we stop feeding a fire, it eventually goes out. We choose what to dwell on. We choose the caliber of influential people to be around. We choose our entertainment. We choose our plan or not having a plan. See, if we choose positive things and positive people, and that is our norm for the majority of time, it's only gonna help us when we get lost in our own heads at those moments later. If we don't, we are essentially just setting ourselves up for failure, and that's not good. So how about this for a game plan? Actively think positive. Actively have goals and create your atmosphere the best you can to be a good one. Whenever you have that capability. Cyclothymia is derived from the Greek word circle and mood. But we can break the circle and not go around and around. This is going to affect low self-esteem and it's going to help us. We can get out of some of this. We can move forward. And, and when it feels like the wind is knocked out of you, pick yourself up. Breathe, even if it's rough at first. And remember that you're still here and that you are better then your thoughts paint you up to be while you're in that circle. So acknowledge the dot on the page. It's there. That's all fine and good. But fill up the rest of your page with color and inspiration and be amazing. It's hard, but very possible, just like most other things worth fighting for. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher. When we present you with a Spotify playlist that complements our theme with music, we have for you this time around a refresher podcast behind those swinging doors playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in refresher podcast dash behind those swinging doors. I tried to find songs that we feel like when we're wrestling with this. And it's not to be morbid, but just to remind us that we're not alone in these battles. Let's check it out. 
Track number one came from Manchester, England in 1983. The band is The Chameleons, and our first song is called Up the Down Escalator. Number two, Hyper Ballad by Bjork. This may be my favorite song by her. It's a peek into what she goes through to feel safe, and it's electronica at its best, in my humble opinion, and it's got an incredible chorus. Number three is Frownland by Captain Beefheart and his magic band. Ironically, this is one of the three artists on this list I was privileged to have interviewed. In this case, Bill Harkelrode, the guitarist who called himself Zoot Horn Rollo while in the band. This song, and, and again, sometimes people have a big problem because it's it's very musically hard to listen to for, for the untrained ear. To me, it feels like what we're talking about. It feels like a mood swing. Song number four is Sparks with the, the, the Decline and Fall of Me. Number five is The Cutter by Echo and the Bunnymen. I interviewed their guitarist, Will Sargent, as well. He was a nice and personable guy when I talked to him. Number six, 96 Tears by Question Mark and the Mysterians. I interviewed Question Mark. That was a total experience. That guy has a huge personality. He's, he's, he's a mess, but in a good way. He is a living, breathing rock star in the true sense that he still loves among, lives among us. Those guys still tour. I mean, I don't know about with the pandemic, but they were still playing at the time that I interviewed him not that long ago. Um, I personally would like to see them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for being one of the earliest prototypes of what would later be called punk rock. But that's just my opinion. Number seven, Evil Vibrations by the Mighty Riders. Number eight, a cool power trio from Germany that consisted of a drummer, a guitar player, and an organ player. That band is called Enigma, but it's spelled A-I-N-I-G-M-A. And the song is All Things Are Fading. Number nine is Into Dust by Mazzy Star. And number 10, great later work by Bob Dylan from his excellent, excellent album, Time Out of Mind. That is a good record. Well, that's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast Behind Those Swinging Doors. Because we were talking about mood swings. Get it? Behind Those Swinging Doors was also the name of an old album. So you can look that up if you want. But that was my thought process in naming this one. Listen, guys, this show would not exist without you. You're all incredible to this process. Very few places that I see on the demographic reports that come in for our listenership are places where I know people. Some definitively, I know exactly who some of you are and I appreciate you, but I especially appreciate all those different places where we've never met and you tune in regularly. That means a lot and I appreciate it. If you can continue, please passing this along to anyone who you feel could use it or might be entertained by it or enjoy it, any of your friends, we would appreciate that. Also, if you'd like to keep this podcast up and running, uh, if you'd like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. 
if you are so inclined, that would be awesome. But whether you do that or whether you don't do that, it's not a big deal. Just feel free to please listen to this show and enjoy it anytime. Either way. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is the band Dive, and the song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor. And remember, as always, there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. <laughs>